It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So, Amy, I can't believe we're on episode 60. I know. Holy Crazy. But what was one of the best things about last week? Well, Thanksgiving. Yes. I We just had a nice time, just the five of us, just, you know, just simple little Thanksgiving dinner. I was telling, where was I, that someone, oh, my dental hygienist was yeah. saying that she wants to just skip Thanksgiving and move right to Christmas. Oh, I, I <laughs> love Christmas because it's... I love there's Christmas no too. I love but Christmas, but I love Thanksgiving because there's no pressure. Yeah, you know, it's just enjoying each other. Enjoying each other. Yeah. yeah. So that was. Fun. I get that. I totally get that. Remember, in episode fifty-five, we talked about Sutton Foster, the Broadway mm. TV actress who came out with a new book, Hooked: mm-hmm. How Crafting Saved mm-hmm. My Life. Sutton talks about how crafting is therapeutic. I actually looked into cross-stitching oh. some Rosie the Riveter. Oh, <laughs> I bet that would be cute. I know. There's some um, patterns on Etsy. So yeah. I think that will be my Christmas present to myself because I love Rosie the Riveter oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yes, you're a whole talk, talk and about. And it's cute. You can also just kind of frame it in the hoop. Yes. That's what I, I was love thinking. That. And okay. maybe put it, you know, put it with my Christmas ornaments stuff. or something. Okay. I don't know, but yes, you inspired me to maybe get crafty. Yay. <laughs> well, so this article on this local woman, Judy Schweitzer, caught my eye because she crocheted scarves for the homeless. Judy found out that during the pandemic, she had some extra time. Like a lot mm-hmm. of us, she had just retired from teaching and was recovering from knee replacement surgery. Mm-hmm. So her daughter sweetly suggested, oh, maybe you get back into crocheting you know to fill the time mm-hmm. judy had learned to crochet back in high school while attending john adams high school uh 40 years ago so it's been a while so she started with a scarf and then made a few more and it's just she was just kind of thinking she was going to give them to family and friends and then one day uh during the pandemic she wanted to get a break from the house like a lot of us did and she went for a drive we used to do that too just go out in the country when we wanted a break and let the kids fight over who was the music they're going to listen to <laughs> But she ended up driving around the streets of downtown Portland mm-hmm. and just saw the increasing number no. of homeless no. and and families and too. families. And she said, you know, she felt bad and she wanted to do something to help these folks. You know, they're going to be cold during the winter, and she didn't know how to make hats and gloves, but so she started with a few scarves. And I laugh when I read she had to buy a big bag from the store. It kind of reminded me of Sutton, who used the hefty bag <laughs> to carry her crochet squares around. But Judy sat on a recliner and made over 200 scarves. Wow. She made orange and black ones for support of this. Yeah. Oregon State Beavers, don't get mad. I know you guys are big <laughs> Ducks fans, but... Her husband is a big Rolling Stones fan, and she made one kind of a reminder. I, I, I would love to see what that one yes, looks like, look you know. But um, each scarf took about two hours to finish. Oh so, my gosh. okay, I'm a nerd. I calculated that's 24,000 minutes or 400 hours, or as wow. Ryan pointed out, 20% of a work year. That's a oh commitment. That's a volunteer yeah. commitment. So she's donated the scarves to the Blanchett House in Portland, which is a nonprofit that provides meals, clothing, and shelter to mm-hmm. people in need. 
Her goal is to do 300 scarves. Wow. And I thought this was so cute. She hopes to see people wearing them, you know, when she's driving around. Which I, just, I wonder, too, how much this cost, like, how much the yarn costs, I know. Too. I don't know I mean, how much yarn ma- co- is to like make Like, how it. much is it? Well, a skein, that's what they call those, is about, oh, okay. you know, maybe, depends on where you buy them, mm-hmm. but, like, could be 5 to $6. I don't know. If so, multiply that by 300 right, That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's, and you know, time. time. Her time. Yeah. That's a full-time job right there. But I just, I love this woman's crafty, excuse me, crafty approach to giving to others. And that is awesome. Really sweet. So I haven't seen a lot of Denzel Washington movies. Okay. To be honest. The boys laugh. Awesome. Yeah, I've seen. Oh my gosh, yeah. she is. I, I love Denzel Washington, but I haven't watched a lot of his movies. We, I've been watching the, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing, Queen Latifah's equalizer oh yeah 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 i saw which his, i like his original one it, but it's so really then, yes so then i watched his equalizer movies yeah my boys were laughing because one of the movies I'm sure it's took not us your like three style. nights yeah it's not it's, it, it's a little more rough and violent yeah it is really good though good yeah. and i love I, I mean i love those movies so and those have been new for me and i know that he's a a super talented actor but most of his work is just too much for my heart yeah yeah I read that when he did a flogging scene in Glory, he actually used a whip that wouldn't break the skin, but it would, you know, it'd sting. It left him with a single tear streaming down his face. It wasn't planned, but it just transpired. I feel like his work is moving and powerful and most definitely worth watching, but I just know my, I I just, I'm a wimp and I can't handle the heartache. I'm painfully aware (laughs) of, of, you know, what slavery meant in our country and it, it's too much for me to watch that violence and war I just I have to limit what yeah. what I watch so I know that I'm a wimp but I pick movies that will make me laugh I just steer away from the stuff that I know is going to make me cry oh, yeah. which it's okay I mean it's good to know what you someday yeah, yeah. I know I, I know my boundaries right. in that area but I wanted to learn more about Denzel Washington since he's in one of my favorite Christmas movies, A Preacher's oh, Wife. Have right. you seen that? I have. It's been a okay, long good. time. I gotta. I want to watch that one again. I read that it took him a year asking Whitney Houston. <gasps> so Penny yeah. Marshall directed that movie, and okay. it took him a year of calling and asking Whitney Houston to be in the movie before she finally agreed to be his on-screen, you know, co-star in that. Wow. She was the wife in okay. in the movie, and it was a remake of Cary Grant's. Which I loved this version, too. A Bishop's Wife. Okay. But I'm so glad that he persuaded her into it because it seriously is one of my favorite Christmas movies. I picked up I'm his book. I'm going to watch that one again. <laughs> yes. I already have seen it this yeah. season, but I need to watch it again, too. I picked up his book, A Hand to Guide Me, thinking that it was going to be his story. But let me tell you, when you look at all the people that are in here, it's actually 73 leading personalities wow. that are telling their stories. Oh. It's super inspirational. Yeah. There are a lot of sports figures, singers, politicians, people in business. I just love that they all wanted to share people that inspired them, people yeah. that helped them, people that gave them, you know, a helping hand, encouragement, or something in life to get them to where they are. Wow, that's cool. So many people. I can't even list all the people that are in the book. But what's so great about it is that these people are very successful. And they share who inspired them or who gave them a nudge. 
once again, it's a hand to guide me. So it tells the story of how one person in their lives, sometimes it was more than one, that they made a difference. All the people in the book went on to be leaders in their own right. You know, some of them um, sports people, some of them politicians, some of them actors. They come from all sorts. But um, a lot of them came from really rough situations. While their success was all over the board and varied for sure, they all had someone who influenced them, and that's who they tell. Yeah. That's who they talk about, often with just words or attention that they were given by this person, but story after story of true kindness. Denzel Washington wrote that being successful means helping others, and I just love that thinking. Yeah, yeah. He opens the book with a verse from Proverbs. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. He said that verse was bouncing through his head as he put the book together. He also quotes a line in his movie, The Bone Collector. Destiny is what we make it. He notes that we're all destined to leave a mark of some kind in this world. Sometimes that destiny needs a little help, a little push, a little encouragement. The stories in this book include individuals who have had a little nudge, a little encouragement, even if they didn't think that they needed it, and often people that didn't want it, but they they got it. I'm just going to touch on a few of them. There's no way I could include all 73 of them, and I think everyone should read this book for sure. It includes people like Hank Aaron, who admired his mom. Of course, I I love that one. Yeah. Um, And her support in his career. He said that he didn't think there was a time that she was ever out after 9 o'clock. So devoted mother, for sure. Totally. Um, She wanted to be there for her son, which I admire. There were stories by Yogi Berra, General Wesley Clark, Bonnie Raitt, Gloria Steinem. Her person was Louisa May Alcott. I guess there's a book that she wrote, not only Little Women, it makes me want to read Little Women again, but um, a book that she wrote called Work that I want to, to read. Antonio R. Velaragoza, Socrates de la Cruz, Debbie Allen, oh. Leonard Nimoy oh, wow. wrote a, wrote some in there, and he was a hopeful actor in L.A. He was doing a ride, driving a cab. Jack Kennedy gets into his cab, oh, wow. and you know they're chatting. Yeah. He wanted to be an actor, and Jack Kennedy said, "You know, our business is the same. We both have a lot of competition." But he said, keep in mind, this was Jack Kennedy to the Leonard Nimoy, who was a nobody at the time. Right. He said, keep in mind, there's always room for one more good one, which I That's love so, yeah. that. Toni Morrison was in there, oh, wow. and she, um, her point was just to work for you. Okay. Don't work for someone else. Work, yeah. Do what you feel you need to do. Daryl Chill, I guess, okay. in quotes. Mitchell, he was a guy, um, have you ever heard of him? I He's an not. actor. Okay. So he must have been a popular actor, is a popular actor. He was in a motorcycle accident. Okay. And after the accident, Christopher Reeve continued to reach out and continued Aww. to check in, eventually asking him to be a minority spokesperson for the Christopher Reeve Foundation. Okay. What just touched me was Christopher Reeve must have told him that if how I feel in a wheelchair and how people respond to me in a wheelchair is any indication of how people look at you being a minority, I get it, Yeah, which I just thought was so insightful and very sweet. 
I've always loved Jimmy Carter. Oh, yeah. He uh, he did one. Not so much as a president, but as a human. He was our 39th president in the United States. He told the story of a woman named Rachel Clark who took him under her wing when he was a young boy at their farm. Aww. She was married to the guy who was in charge of their livestock at his farm. And he admired Rachel because she was the best worker on the field, even among the men. She could pick more cotton. <laughs> Shake more uh-huh. peanuts. I mean, this tells you something yeah. about the day. Yeah. Shake more peanuts than anyone in Georgia, he said. Uh, he talked about, you know, they'd go fishing, and she put seven poles in the creek. Okay. But I'm guessing she was superstitious. It never was six. It never was eight. It was always seven. Wow. They just spent a lot of time together working on the farm, fishing, and everyone in town admired Rachel. She talked to Jimmy Carter about the importance of always telling the truth. Taking care of the out of doors. Yeah. Love that. Being kind to those in need. She talked about her belief in God, the duties of people to one another, equality. Yeah. And the importance of that in community, which I think is awesome. Yeah. At the time, Jimmy Carter very much believed in separate but equal. I mean, he said that. Yeah. But the seeds that she planted were there. In 1948, Harry Truman bravely set to end racial discrimination in the military forces. Now, keep in mind, this is five years before Rosa Parks sparked the Montgomery bus boycott, and barely anyone knew of Martin Luther King Jr. So, uh, according to Jimmy Carter, he said, I was on the submarine, and Harry Truman was my commander-in-chief, and he changed the way white people and black people related to each other in the Marines, in the Navy, in the Air Force, oh, that's so and awesome. in the Army. Yeah. And it put me in mind of Rachel Clark and the dignified way she carried herself all those years. So I just love that she planted those seeds. He reflected on it years later, right. and it still was with him. Yeah. So there was another guy, Patrick J. Kelly, who was the chairman in the Department of Neurological Surgery at New York University School of Medicine. That's a mouthful right there. No kidding. (laughs) He joined the boys club of East Aurora where they had basketball courts, a television, ping pong tables. It was run by Mr. Whitney, who they called Wit. He, Mr. Whitney, didn't tolerate any unruly behavior. The kids had, you know, had to be respectful. There was no swearing. Keep in mind that most of these boys came from low income families with very tough backgrounds. Yeah. Too often their homes had abuse, be it physical or parents battling substance abuse or a combination of the two. They carried that tough attitude into the club, but Wit set an example that would last a lifetime for Patrick, this, this surgeon. One day, a couple of boys were fighting using their fists, pool cues, chairs. Oh, man. Whatever. <laughs> I know. Whatever they could find. The very stuff I can't yeah. watch. Yeah. The kids expected Wit to come you know, give him a lecture. They thought they were going to be in trouble for sure. But instead, he grabbed them in a big bear hug. Oh. Like a father hugging yeah. his sons. He had a disappointed look on his face, but it wasn't anger. Right. And that meant a lot to Patrick. The boys calmed down. One of them broke into oh, tears. Yeah. And they eventually shook hands. Seeing how Wit had handled the situation stayed with Patrick, obviously. And he tells more stories in this book about the time he was in Vietnam helping with residents. But Wit, for sure, made an impact in his life forever. There's another story about Antonio Villaragoza, who would become the mayor of L.A. He grew up with a single mom, three siblings. She was often working two jobs to make ends meet. 
I think this was the 60s. She had a high school education, but was a straight-A student. Wow, yeah. And this was in the, she was a student in the 40s. She read Dickens and Shakespeare oh. to her kids. She spoke five languages, so clearly oh. a bright, bright woman. He said she had an unbreakable faith in God, family, and community, but she had been a victim of domestic violence. His mother had Antonio involved in Boy Scouts, classes at the Y, the Boys Club, just trying to keep him out of trouble, yeah. which I totally get. Still, he was an angry kid and found Aww. trouble no matter what. He Sometimes went, kids do. They do. They do. they got to find their own way. He got into a fight when he was 15, and, and he was pretty beat up. He went and got a tattoo. Aww. He had been kicked out of high school. He's at the kitchen table, and he said his mother broke down crying. And she said to him, you don't believe in you, but I believe in you. Oh, man. I Which love that. just. Yeah. So you would expect maybe to be angry. And yeah, absolutely. I know wow. I would. But those words just stuck with him. Even though he had been kicked out of actually two high schools, oh. he decided to give it another go. He went to night school for four nights a week in wow. addition to his regular schedule. He was able to graduate with the rest of his class. He credited a teacher named Herman Katz with helping him get there. Mr. Katz saw the potential in him and enrolled him in advanced reading classes. He got him to study for the SAT. He even offered wow. to pay for it. Oh, my gosh. So this guy, yeah. I can see why he was a mentor. Because of this guy and he his belief in him, Antonio was finally motivated to focus on making something of himself. He ended up at UCLA. Wow, that's And awesome. he would end up in the California State Assembly because people believed in him and reminded him of that, which I just loved. Yeah. Another person in this book, Colin Powell, tells a story of growing up in New York and quotes the old African proverb that it takes a village to raise oh. a child. He added that he thinks it takes a tribe to raise a child, <laughs> which I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yes. With all sorts of people connected to that child. He talks about the ant net, saying that the internet has nothing on the spread of his ants in the South Bronx. And these ladies weren't necessarily blood relatives, but they were called ants nonetheless. Hanging out windows. I totally could see this. Looking down on the streets and watching the kids. Events traveled through the ant net at a remarkable speed. There was one time he was kicked out of church camp for drinking beer. He was about 15. <laughs> they hit the beer in the toilet tank. Oh, my gosh. To keep it cold and out of sight. And just, yeah. oh, my gosh, talk about desperate and disgusting. Yeah, no totally. way would I bring, drink I any oh toilet goodness. beer or toilet wine or toilet anything. anything. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, someone found it, and the priest asked Colin and his friends who it belonged to and who did it. For a while, the boys stared at each other, and then Colin confessed. Aww. Two others joined him. Oh, good. They got off the bus and walked home, knowing that the news would travel faster than, than they could. He said that he watched as his mother walked up the street, returning from work. She came in and said, what you've done to this family, you've shamed us. For Colin, that was worse, he said, than a beating. Aww. He'd rather, you know, have, right. have a spanking or something Versus his mother being embarrassed or shamed by him. But he didn't want to disappoint his mom. When the priest came back to discuss this situation, he reminded Colin's parents that he had, yes, you know, he made a bad decision. Right. But he admitted to it. He accepted the punishment. And it was a powerful reminder for Colin that we're all accountable for our choices, the good and the bad. I think we all need that reminder sometimes. 
We'll also need a network advance to keep <laughs> oh us accountable yeah. and remind us that our choices make a difference. Right. Young and old. That's so true. At any age. <laughs> I know, exactly. Even at uh, So Denzel Washington was named after his father, oh. who was actually named after the doctor who delivered him. Oh. Denzel Washington Sr. was named after Dr. Denzel in Buckingham County, Virginia, the doctor delivered him in 1909, and Denzel Washington Sr. was a Pentecostal minister. Mm. He was busy with his churches, one in Virginia, the other in New York. On top of that, he had two full-time jobs, like, wow. all the time. Wow. So, obviously, it didn't leave him a ton of time to parent. His yeah. mother owned a beauty shop. At six, Denzel Washington joined the Boys and Girls Club and became their national spokesperson in 1993. Oh. So, he said he started out writing this book. As a way to just talk about the Boys and Girls Club, but yeah. that ended up just being a start to everything. It just wow. kind of opened up everything. He got into a little bit of trouble. Sadly, when his parents divorced, he and his sister were sent to Oakland boarding school. Uh, when he was seven, he went to the library. This no. totally reminds me of something my boys would do. He went to the library and asked the librarian for a skinny book. Oh, wow. Something quick to read? Yeah, something he could read over the weekend oh. for Book report due on oh, Monday. Yeah. That sounds like so, Kelly. <laughs> in 2016, Denzel was on a press tour for Fences. Have you ever seen that movie? I haven't. No, I, I haven't either. Huh. Um, he was on a press tour for Fences and he stopped by Marietta, Georgia to visit Miss Connie. Aww. She was the librarian who <laughs> he had asked Got for the, the skinny, skinny book. book. But Aww. it was her 99th birthday and it was 50 years after they had originally met. I guess she was breaking to her retirement home about the cute, cute little boy who lived across the street, and he'd visit her at the library. That cute little boy was Denzel Washington. Wow. So I understand her breaking. Oh, that's sweet. But for Denzel Washington, there was a mentor at the boys' club named Billy Thomas. He'd hang college pennants up when the kids graduated from high school and they went to whatever oh, sweet. school. yeah. The deal was that once you left for the college, you'd bring back a banner. I guess there weren't a lot of them, but enough of them to encourage and inspire the kids. Denzel would look at the banners from schools and places he'd never heard of and realized really that anything was possible. And I just, I love that. He originally thought he might be a doctor. But he enrolled in an acting class for an easy grade. Okay, yeah. Apparently, that course changed his life. He loved acting. He graduated Obviously, from... he's the he talent. He's so talented. Yeah. He graduated from Fordham University in 1977 with a bachelor's in drama and a minor in journalism. He'd have a breakthrough role five years later when he played Dr. Philip Changer on St. Elsewhere. It was oh, a TV show. Did yeah. you ever see that? I kind of think I did, but I kind of don't. Wow, that's a long time. Oh, yeah. Man. So, kind of funny that he started out wanting to be a doctor and he ended up playing one on TV. <laughs> Interesting little fun fact, too. He played Wilma Rudolph's husband in oh. a 1977 biopic. I need to I watch did. this. But wow. we talked about Wilma Rudolph yeah. in episode 37. So I'm anxious I'm to curious. watch that. Yeah. Yeah, that biopic. One of the other runners in the cast was Paulette Pearson, who would end up being his wife. They got married in oh. June of 1983. They have four kids together. One um, played in the NFL, actually. Oh, wow. Now he's an actor, but a set of twins. I also read that in 1995, they donated a million dollars to the oh. Nelson Mandela Children's Fund. Oh my gosh. So we yeah. still 
need to do a Nelson Mandela yes. episode. Uh, because of that reminder that anything is possible back with, you know, Billy in the Boys Club, Denzel Washington has appeared in more than 50 movies. Wow. I had no idea he yeah. had that many movies. That's a lot. He's the first black actor to win two Academy Awards and the and only the second actor to win both an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in Glory. The only other person to do that was Sidney Poitier in 1963. He's one of six actors to have both the um, Best Supporting Actor and the Best Actor Award. The other five are Robert De Niro, Kevin Spacey, Jack Nicholson, Jack Lemmon, and Gene Hackman. Wow. I guess that when Tom Hanks worked with him on Philadelphia, another movie I couldn't watch because I, I knew I would cry. I, I saw I just, that. That was hard. That was. I, I knew I'm too whippy. I just can't. But anyway, Hanks would say... That it was like going to acting school working with Washington. Aww. So talk about a compliment from someone like Tom. Yeah, Hanks. he's accomplished. He's huge. Too. Yeah. In 2019, Chadwick Boseman was presenting an Aww. AFI Life Achievement Award. I had to look up what that is. American Film Institute Award okay. to Denzel Washington. Boseman, I guess, had been awarded a scholarship of sorts because of his acting talent. Okay. And... Back in the day, Felicia Rashad had reached out to Denzel Washington and asked him if he might donate money for people that had potential but lacked resources. So Chadwick Boseman said, an offering from a sage and a kind is more than silver and gold. He's a seed of hope, a bud of faith. There's no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. I just love and admire the connection and that seed of hope reference. Yeah. He notes in his book that being successful means helping others. One of my favorite stories he shared was a letter he received from a young black boy who realized that he could be anything after seeing Denzel Washington captain a submarine in Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. I had to go back and watch Crimson Tide. Oh, that's a that good was movie. That really, is a good movie. Really, really good. good. Another man said that he was, um, so he sent him a letter when he was nine months sober after watching him in Man on Fire. Oh. I know that most of the time we can't see the seeds we've planted or the crops that they've created. But I love that this book, that's pretty much what it focuses on. Right. Every single story has a simple start. Most of them are things that wouldn't even be noticed by most people. Right. But they're noticed by the recipient, the person that needed the nudge, the push, the encouragement. It doesn't matter if you work in sanitation at a salon because like i said his mom had beauty salons right in hollywood in the white house we all have an opportunity to make an impact and i so admire the seeds that denzel washington shared the reminder that we all have an obligation to use the talents we've been given to help those around us really good book i just think everyone needs to read it we've all received our share of good fortune So that's my definition of much. A single blessing is all the bounty in the world. And if you've been blessed at all, you're meant to pass some of that on. You're meant to set a positive example. Denzel Washington. So holidays are here. And I saw some really good gift ideas. One is a woman named... Karen Banfield, she decided to get creative during the pandemic and put together a 2022 calendar called Good Guys. Oh, fun. 
A lot of people might think it's a typical guy calendar intended to impress others based on physical attributes. Yeah. But this calendar is called Good Guys just because it's it's absolutely that. 12 men who have all done impressive things to make the world a better oh. place. Each story of the month conveys their motivations for bringing kindness and goodwill into the world. They're all average guys that have done something above and beyond to help others. So, Mr. March is a firefighter named Snow Talaferro. He offered to cut down any dead trees for free. His community suffered a devastating fire, and he just thought it was his way to help prevent fire damage in his community. So, Mr. September, Severo Lavar Lara is a single dad with two girls. He was elected mayor of Ojai, California, and I love that he rode his bike to events oh. when others drove their own expensive cars. <laughs> That's He's, awesome. I know. I just think it's cute. He's known for going above and beyond in his community, earning him a spot on Banfield's calendar. The calendars are twenty six fifty, including shipping and handling, and a portion of the proceeds go to fund a safe house for sex trafficked children. Calendars can be purchased on her website. If you go to Banfield11 at gmail.com, you can email her. Like I said, it's $27.50 and it covers shipping and handling. Unless you happen to be in Ojai, there's um, Ojai Athletic Club. They are also selling the calendars. Okay. They offer, um, and 100% of the proceeds go to Mr. July. Robert Evans, he's fighting cancer. So okay. I think Aww. that's awesome. Yeah, I that's mean, awesome. it's just a sweet gesture. Another gift idea was this book that I got, um, Humankind. Oh, that's what you're talking I about. know. I was telling you about it. It's been, it was such a good find. Brad Aronson wrote the book Humankind as a way to give his family purpose during a difficult time. His wife, Mia, had been diagnosed with leukemia and had a two-and-a-half-year treatment plan. Oh, wow. So during this, a patient advocate suggested for Brad, Mia, and their five-year-old son, Jack, to find projects to provide a distraction for the hours spent at the hospital each week. Brad decided to write about small acts of kindness that friends yeah. and strangers had given them during yeah. this experience. But he couldn't stop there. He finished, you know, she finished the treatments And they continued finding stories to share with his readers. So you'll meet Rita Shiavone, who decided to cook an extra portion of dinner every night to feed someone in need. Her evening ritual led to a movement that now provides more than 500,000 meals a year. Also in this book, you'll meet Larry Stewart, who was homeless when he received a $20 gift that inspired him to become a secret Santa when he got back on his feet. He went on to give a total of $1.5 million to strangers in need and build a team of thousands who serve their own communities as secret Santas. Wow, let's try to do that. I know, Next time. I know. This book, I love Whoa. it. Not only do you get to read all these inspiring stories in each chapter, but they conclude each section with a what can we do challenge. Oh, so something practical. Yes. I like to that. To encourage kindness. On top of that, he has a list of well-vetted nonprofit organizations for people looking to help. All the proceeds of the book go to the nonprofit Big Brothers, Big Sisters. The thing that's... Really cool. So many of the organizations, like the love letters that yeah. we do, they're in here. It's just, I think, wow, Brad Orson's resource. Yeah, super great book. 
Also, another thing that I just thought was you you talked about the kiddo that was the Make-A-Wish. Yeah. There's a young boy, 12 years old. He found out that he had a bone, he needed a bone marrow transplant in order to survive. Abraham Olegebi was born with a rare blood disease. His prognosis was grim without a transplant and chemotherapy. Fortunately, he received a bone marrow transplant and finished an intense round of chemotherapy and has a good prognosis. Oh, good. Because of his illness, he qualified to receive a wish from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. A charitable organization that you talked about. It provides um, seriously ill children wishes one dream at a time. So Abraham chose to pass it along to others. He was on his way home from a doctor's appointment one day when he told his mom, Miriam, that he wanted to feed the homeless with his good fortune for Make-A-Wish. So this Mississippi teen and his family regularly had volunteered passing out hot meals at a homeless shelter. So it didn't really surprise his mom. But while most kids his age would pick, you know, PlayStation or something cool, Abraham chose to give out meals once a month as his wish, which I... I mean, it just makes me teary-eyed. Yeah. It was always a good thing to do, and that's what I grew up doing. So I go back to my roots to do what I was taught to do. That's what he told a local news station. On the third Thursday of each month, Make-A-Wish Mississippi Chapter has committed to helping Abraham coordinate with local organizations and businesses to feed up to 80 homeless people. And he plans to keep it going even after the, the 12 months Aww. of giving. I just think it's it's so awesome. It reminds me of Denzel Washington and his book with people just planting, planting seeds. seeds. Yeah. Planting seeds and just doing small things for people out there because right. we need it. Yeah, definitely. My favorite part. Getting to know Amy. And holiday theme. So Christmas in LA or New York City? Well, I'm like you. I would say New York just because I would love to see what it looks like, the shop windows and how it's decorated, and it would be cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and the big, I want to see the big tree out there in front of the Today Show Rockefeller. Okay. At home, tree, real or fake? I'm fake. We had my mom and dad's tree for years until it just kind of went. It just oh. you couldn't stop putting it. was like 40 plus years old. Because oh, my stop gosh. Putting it together. I was at 40 years old. Well, they had it probably for 30. And they then had we had a, wow. a fake tree. And then we I had we had the same there. one, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we got a real one. And we're all allergic. So oh. we're back with the fake. <laughs> I mean, we thought, oh, we'll do real. And then we're all, like, sneezing. Oh, that's, sorry. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Do you prefer gift bags or wrapping paper? I'm like, yeah, I like the wrapping paper. You know, I like the clean, crisp. It's yeah. Just, I, my heart was so happy when my youngest asked me to teach him to wrap last Aww, night. Oh, I know. Sweet. Ugly sweater or Christmas cocktail party? Well, I would say the cocktail party, but we did go to an ugly Christmas sweater <laughs> party on Ryan's family, and the girls and I made them from, like, Michael's a kid. And it was so fun <laughs> to make them, and I still have this picture. I just love that. The memory. memory. The yeah. memory. Yeah. I didn't think the sweater yeah. was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, secret Santa or White Elephant? I like the Secret Santa because in my when growing up, I went to a school and we did from like sixth grade to my sophomore year, that school did a Secret Santa every year. It's an all-girls school. So we'd give each other a gift for a week. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. It was like cookies or fudge yeah. or a card or an ornament. And then That's you fun. revealed yourself and it was cute. It was Way just, better than... Yeah. 
It's White just elephant. a fun Blue holiday leather. thing. Yeah. Good. You never know who's going to touch your life or how. A teacher, a neighbor, somebody who gets up to stand at the bus stop to do a hard day's work to support their family. Look around you and you'll see people who are living good lives, who are making a difference. Maybe not in the world, but in their family, in their community. Learn from them. Don't just sit around waiting for someone unique or special to come touch you. There are mentors and positive influences in every direction you look. Colin Powell. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.